are talking today with Robert Epstein and Eliana Baer on FoxCast Legal Listening. Our topic is the tax deduction of alimony, and specifically, why it is critical to structure a divorce or settlement agreement that leaves no ambiguity regarding deduction in the eyes of the IRS. Robert and Eliana are attorneys with the firm's New Jersey Family Law Group. They are frequent contributors to the firm's New Jersey Family Legal Blog and help to develop the firm's New Jersey divorce app for mobile devices. Robert, Eliana, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. The IRS does allow a spouse to deduct alimony payments, does it not? Yes, the Internal Revenue Code specifically sets forth that the spouse who is paying the alimony may deduct a taxable year's worth of payments to the extent that those payments are included in the recipient spouse's gross income. It's a little bit technical, but the IRS defines alimony as any cash payment that is received by a spouse under a divorce or separation agreement that doesn't stipulate that the payment is neither includable in gross income nor allowable as a deduction. It also provides that the payor and recipient spouses cannot be members of the same household when the payments are being made, and that payment obligation ceases upon the death of the recipient spouse. Yes, but there's a catch. Uh, what's that catch? Well, the code provides that if the alimony payments are subject to any contingencies involving a child, then the payment is considered a payment made for the child and is not deductible. So, for example, a child leaving school may become one such contingency. This is true even if there is a specifically defined, articulated, separately allocated child support payment noted in the divorce or separation agreement, and that the payment is being made by the payor spouse. Interesting. So if this is defined so clearly by the IRS, then there shouldn't be any issues surrounding whether alimony is deductible. Well, you would think so, but because divorce and settlement agreements are sometimes poorly drafted or poorly constructed, there certainly can be. Recently, the U.S. tax court ruled that a former husband was unable to deduct payments made to his ex-wife as alimony because the divorce agreement provided that, quote, spousal maintenance payments would end when one of many events occurred one of which happened to be the graduation from high school of the youngest child. As a result, the core issue was whether the payments, in the eyes of the Internal Revenue Service, constituted alimony payments or child support payments. I can see how that might have been interpreted by the IRS as a contingency, given the way the agreement was worded. Yes, and in this particular case, the settlement agreement between the spouses also provided for a separate child support payment in addition to the spousal maintenance payments, and expressly noted that the spousal maintenance payments would be tax deductible by the husband and taxable to the wife. Both parties abided by the agreement in completing their respective tax returns subsequent to the divorce. Well, that certainly seems to comply with the IRS code that the payments would have been non-deductible, given the way you previously explained the code. That's right, and the husband actually argued that the graduation date was just a reference point for the termination of alimony. The IRS, did, they disagree, and they indicated that they don't acknowledge reference points. It said that the intent of the language held no value and concluded that the payments were in fact a form of child support rather than spousal support as far as tax deductions were concerned. So the takeaway here is that agreements need to remove any potential ambiguity. Absolutely. This case serves as a cautionary tale for litigants and for matrimonial attorneys. When structuring separation agreements and divorce agreements, do not use language similar to that used in these parties' agreements when defining alimony. Similar to the case here, I've seen so many clients' agreements drafted by other attorneys that use a child's achievement of a milestone, such as the very graduation from high school that was discussed in this case, when the child reaches a certain age, etc., as the termination date for alimony purposes. 
That leaves the payer spouse open to such exposure and risk of losing the tax deduction, which is what happened here. The risk of losing this tax deduction by using such language can prove disastrous. We advise that spouses be safe and ensure the terms of alimony payments are defined through the use of specific dates, which leave no ambiguity in the eyes of the IRS. Well, thank you, Robert Meliana. Uh, listeners, to confidentially discuss the tax deduction of alimony payments or the structuring of divorce or settlement agreements, please contact Robert Epstein in Roseland, New Jersey at 973-994-7526 or Eliana Bear in Princeton at 609-895-3344. Fox Rothschild LLP is a full-service law firm built to serve business leaders, backed by nearly 600 lawyers coast to coast. Our clients come to us because we understand their issues, their priorities, and the way they think. We help clients manage risk and make better decisions by offering practical advice. Visit us on the web at www.foxrothschild.com.